1: What up? What up? What up? Welcome into another edition of Greenwood, then the post-game special, post-series winning special Celtics advance to the Eastern Conference semifinals. As always, it's your boy, Will. We are checking in. How you doing? How you living? Joining me today, as he does each and every time, my best friend, co-host, and the coach of our podcast, the one and only, Greg Manakis. Let it all out, man. Celtics are moving on. Let's
2: go, baby. Marcus Smart redemption game. Joe Missoula going crazy in the fourth quarter with the lineup. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Whatever. You, it you, works. We're you know here. What, we
1: won. I, I, I blinked for a minute in that fourth quarter, and I thought for a second, I thought you got in the game. I honestly thought that that you might have been on the floor because Peyton Pritchard was on the floor. Dude, Joe Zulu was making substitutions like we were playing hockey all of a sudden. And I couldn't keep track of the. And it was, you know, it was like in, it was in between one of the four times that the Hawks threw the ball off the Celtics out of bounds because they could not I've, I've never there's so many things that happened that I I've definitely never seen that for never mind they did it earlier in the quarter too trey did it on the baseline once and i was like oh that was interesting never seen it and then three times in a row just, just a weird night man
2: i thought after trey young did it twice right one of them he threw it off of smarts nuts because he loves throwing balls off his of Yeah, yeah. Smart's, dude i, I
1: thought i was smart's gonna start nuts. something if you remember back to that obviously what you're referencing here that that game right towards the end of the season when uh marcus got thrown out of that game right
2: uh i don't know if he got thrown out but he definitely took trey to the ground on yeah that.
1: exactly um yeah. Yeah, but
2: uh, so when when that happened, and then Smart and Trey were kind of laughing about it, right? And then DeAndre Hunter throws the ball off of Al Horford. And I was like, all right, Quinn Snyder, I know you only have one timeout left, but you guys clearly (laughs) can't get the ball in bounds in the coffin quarter. Like, maybe you should use that timeout. This is pretty much your season on the line. So it was actually kind of cool to see the other coach not call the timeout because it was pretty obvious they needed one.
1: Uh, so, something's going on with these coaches and timeouts these days. Mike Budenholzer the other way oh, I can't What's wait a... to talk we'll, about. We'll, the we'll talk about that it, in the oh, back man. end of the podcast here. But I mean, just t- I mean, I even said it. I was so happy that when Joe Missoula used one of our final two timeouts down the stretch before we got to that coffin corner debacle and Bogdanovich was was at the line for those three free throws. You know, I texted our group chat. I was like, if Missoula doesn't call a time, I was assuming Bogdanovich is going to make the free throw. Obviously if he doesn't call a timeout i may have to fly to atlanta and he'd kick my ass in a jiu-jitsu match i'm going to challenge him i don't care like <laughs> if he doesn't call a timeout i was going to lose it but the celtics find a way to prevail they're moving on before we get into a morning box score greg what what's the emotions or, or feelings because because adam and i had to come on here and do a therapy session the other day for <laughs> for how we were feeling takes, i mean takes that may age poorly <laughs> you know what they they might but you know what adam and i we didn't we did an instagram live earlier today mm. and and we talked about it and there's a few people that reached out saying like hey we we needed that but you know, it, it, it was one of those things that we know like we still know who this team is and we know mm-hmm. what they can be which is probably the most important thing when you look at this imperfect playoff scenario that we're looking at across the entire nba we know what they can be at their best but just that morning and the way it's it was so visceral watching that game i mean you got a taste mm-hmm. of it tonight because i know you, you missed some of the game uh some of that game five and because of the way adam and i reacted you were like i'm kind of scared to go back yeah. and watch it and and like so i just think that therapy session was needed i know that that's not going to be who they are and, and ultimately this was the likely result, but you saw it tonight. it It wasn't easy getting there,
2: well, here's the thing. Like this podcast, we're fans first before anything yeah, else, we're 100%. Fans, right. So, like, in those podcasts where you're just like super reactionary and you get emotional, that's that's just how fans feel about the game. This is real conversations that fans have. The next night, it might all change, but when you're doing a podcast over every single game, when you live and breathe with every single shot, with every single miss, with every single make, sometimes you say some shit like Jason Tatum doesn't step up in big games. Jason Tatum <laughs> steps up in big games. <laughs> like, uh, when you guys went there, I was like, okay, these guys these well, guys need some sleep. He, they need some coffee. I don't know what they need, but here's they're, ta- the, they're here,
1: here's, here's the new take on that. He, he just doesn't step up big in home games. Okay. Think about it. Game six, Milwaukee on the road game tonight on the road. Maybe it's a road thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know. We needed that, but, but just just, once again, what's, what's your feelings right now?
2: Um, I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. I was, I definitely, I came upstairs to watch the second half, like in my little studio. So I've just been in this chair for the past hour and a half. Normally I'm downstairs I've got like Danielle's watching a show on the big TV. I'm normally watching the game on my laptop, kind of just hanging out, taking some notes as the game goes on. Um, But at halftime, I was like, babe, I got to go up. I'm going to watch this game on my own. I'm going to be pacing like a maniac. Just kind of leave me alone. So in the fourth quarter, when I saw the Celtics flip that switch, the defensive switch, I was just like, all right, we got this. We're good. As long as the Hawks cover uh, plus seven, uh, I'm good. And then it ends up being eight. So I lost my bet. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I couldn't even put money on this game. I was, after after a few nights ago, I just couldn't do it. For me, it was the, the Jalen Brown block into the Jason Tatum putback was the first time I felt like, okay, I think this game is ours. But for those of you listening, let's do what we always do here, and let's cue up a morning box score. Boston Celtics advance to the Eastern Conference semifinals to take on the Philadelphia 76ers. They close out the Atlanta Hawks on the road 128 to 120. For the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young, 30 points, 25 of which came in that first half, 30 points, 10 assists on 9 of 28 shooting. 14 points and 11 assists for DeJounte Murray, 16 points for John Collins, and 20 points and six rebounds for DeAndre Hunter, who actually did most of his damage in the second half, gotten a little bit of a heater. As for the Celtics, Greg, when the Jays score over 30 points, what happens? They get dubs. That's fucking right. They get dubs. Jalen Brown leads the way with 32 points, five rebounds to go along with it. Jason Tatum, who on the road steps up in big games, (laughs) 30 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal and 2 blocks. Just filled the stat sheet in every way imaginable. Al Horford, 10 points and 12 rebounds. Marcus Smart, great game for him tonight. Really set the tone from the beginning. 22 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 17 points off the bench for Malcolm Brogdon, your NBA 6th man of the year. And Celtics talked a lot about playing with better pace. I think they did that tonight. They win the fast break battle 18-4. to four. Send Atlanta off to Cancun a game late, but send them off. Nonetheless, Celtics win the series four to two. It's on to Philadelphia. But before we do that, Greg, looking at this game tonight, what do you think were the most important factors in the Celtics ultimately being able to separate themselves from a, from an Atlanta team that was was pretty locked in? And it felt like for large stretches of the game, probably outplayed the Celtics, or at least were, were more aggressive. What do you think were the major factors in the Celtics being able to pull away?
2: What's what's that number right there, Will, where this mouse is? Uh, I can't that that number it right
1: now. I can't you see, can't see it. Mouse is, oh,
2: no. okay. Well, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a seven. It's a seven. You can't see that mouse flying around there? There we go. I got it yeah. Okay, yeah, seven, as in seven turnovers on the game for the Boston Celtics. That's it. We only had seven turnovers in this fast-paced game, 24 assists to seven turnovers. That is a three point something to uh one ratio
1: i'll tell you you what it is it's good it's It's really really really
2: good good. and just like look i mean jason tatum stat line with no turnovers with that game that he had 14 rebounds the fact that in big games jason tatum is now also getting between like 11 and 15 rebounds in seemingly every single big game that just speaks volumes to the size of jason tatum and the willingness of him he spoke in the in the post game interview on the court He was like, I don't ask my guys to do anything that I'm not going to do, right? He's going to crash the boards. He's going to dive on the floor. Even though when he dives on the floor, it's not graceful whatsoever. (laughs) It's kind of like Tom Brady uh, sliding down early. You know what I mean? Um, But we got to start with Jason Tatum. He was great in this game. Um, Obviously, with Jason Tatum comes Jalen Brown. Both of those guys were unreal. They made great plays down the stretch. But my uh, shout out to my uh, bandmate, David Price, who's watching the Celtics. He's become a Celtics fan over the years. And he texted when Tatum had that step back three and then the put back dunk. He was Mm -hmm. just like, Tatum, just texting me this long ass Tatum thing. He said, dude, when he hit that, when he had that uh put back dunk, he ran out of the room screaming. I was right there with him. I'm sure everybody in Celtics Nation had the Jason Tatum face. The only thing that I was just like, oh. So Tatum, Tatum's just going full Kobe here. He had like a Kobe scowl on his face yeah. for the first time. It was great. It was great.
1: I mean, I texted you at one point in the game. We need a little FU Tatum tonight. Like at mm-hmm. some point we needed that. And that's what I think that was late in that game, that step back into the putback. That was the moment of, of him taking over. I think him, like Jason Tatum's game tonight was for, for all the stats I just laid out, 30 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, one steals and two blocks. It was somewhat understated for, for different por- parts of the night. Like it wasn't a a game where it, it felt – I don't want to say you didn't feel his presence because that's not right. But there's some games, you know, where it's just, man, this was a Tatum night. It just was was everywhere. This was spread out in different ways. It was it was very much more, more paced out, I guess. I'm, I'm struggling to find the right words that I'm looking for. But I think he did it in a really dynamic way that makes it sometimes hard when you think about, you know, do we want Tatum to be that? Oh, like, I mean, look like Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, they said before the game, he wanted to be aggressive. He was he was freaking aggressive tonight. You know, he was looking to go score that basketball, whereas I think Jason Tatum was looking to do a little bit of everything. You know what I mean? And it, it's really awesome to see the development of Jason Tatum to that. And, and the rebounding portion cannot be understated, right? Because the Celtics were getting killed at certain points on the boards, and it felt like that was going to be an area that was really going to hurt them in this game. Jason Tatum was, was huge, especially where – you know, we said crazy Joe Missoula uh, played a lot of, played a, played a decent amount of stretches today with Grant Williams all of a sudden at the five. Mm-hmm. And, and so that left Jason Tatum to do a lot of damage on the boards. And he stepped up to do that.
2: Yeah, let's talk about Grant a little bit, man. So I know that Adam has been big on the where the heck has Grant Williams been mm-hmm. uh, this entire series. And Grant finally got his opportunity, played 17 minutes, was in there in crunch time. Um, you know, In we, and we,
1: out, depending on when you were looking yeah. at the TV. <laughs> yeah,
2: We were texting back and forth. I was like, listen, man, I know that we need some size on the court because the Hawks do crash the boards. But you play Derek White over – Grant Williams, hundred times out of hundred times, unless you're Joe Mizzoula. uh But shout out to Grant, man! I thought he played great. He only hit that one three, but he had that big charge that he took on John Collins. He had a steal around half court, and then yeah, that was immediately big. got a backcourt violation. But, <laughs> but, but it, what, I like, shouldn't be dribbling. I'm gonna I one hundred
1: percent thought that was coming, and I will say it was it was heads up of him to realize that he had one foot over, one foot back, and he kind of balanced himself out to be able to get rid of the ball. So give him his credit where it's due. I didn't think it was going to work out, but it did.
2: Yeah, it was a nice adjustment to, to kind of have Grant in there. It's kind of weird that he outplayed Rob in minutes. You see, Rob only played 16 and a half, Grant played 17-22. A lot of weird Joe Mazzula stuff in this yeah. game, man. Like, I don't <laughs> that's one of my big takeaways from this series. Is like Joe is very Wild much out. figuring this shit out as he goes. Cause like down the stretch, when it looked like he wasn't gonna play Marcus Smart and he was just gonna roll with Brogdon, White, the Jays, and Horford. And then all of a sudden, uh, Smart's on the court. And then, like, uh, I think he took out White at that point. And Brogdon was still on the court. And then Brogdon, like, missed a three. And then Brogdon came out and Grant Williams came in. And then Grant Williams came out and Rob Williams came in. It was just like, what is happening right now with these lineups? <laughs> Whatever it was, it worked. The Boston Celtics advanced. And um, Joe Missoula, he's figuring it out, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing for, for next round, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, is – I got no clue what to expect.
2: Well, hey, next round it's not Joe Missoula against Quinn Snyder; it's Joe Missoula against Doc Rivers. That's pretty even.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But despite Doc Rivers having the, the you know the advantage in history, that history is not so great. So, well, it will be a very interesting matchup. But yeah, it was it was really hard to figure out some of the different you know Joe Missoula lineups. Uh, I think one thing that overall was important. This team, I mentioned it in the the top of the morning box score, is it felt like. When they were playing with pace and they were moving the ball off of getting going in transition, this team look this team looked like the team that we expect them to be, that we want them to be, that they can be. And I think that was really important. Now, as always, the goal is to do it a little bit more consistently, but they did it enough tonight to get the win. And I think those moments, especially when they were doing that in the fourth quarter, were 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 what kind of were the differentiator for them to get over the hump lately.
2: Yeah, let's take a break right now, and then I still want to talk a little bit more about this game. I'm not done with it yet, Will.
1: Yeah, take a break. We'll come right back.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
3: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, Greg. So I know you got some more on your mind here with this game before before we leave that and start to start to look into, into the future here. What was, what was something else that stood out to you that you still want to talk about?
2: Jalen Brown, man, I don't think we've touched enough on Jalen Brown because you just talked about the pace and the fact that they were pushing the ball. And I think that's what JB did great all night. He was out in transition. He was looking to be aggressive. You know, his his comments coming into this game was that he wanted to be the the authentic version of himself, someone that plays downhill, that gets out, finishes in transition. Six for eight from three for Jalen Brown. They started... The game, I think they did a little like um, like um double floppy action on the sideline, got Jalen Brown a little corner three to get going. And then from there, he was on six for eight from three is huge because Jalen has not been shooting the rock well from three-point. And I was just so happy to see him stay aggressive throughout that game and just do what Jalen Brown does, man. And Jalen Brown is always out in transition. He's always attacking. He was always looking to push the pace. And it was nice to see everybody kind of recognizing that J.B., was you know willing to get out and run because when you as we saw in our men's league game last night when we added our shout out to our guy remy when you have someone that's just willing to run everybody else is like all right like we know that we have that that we can go to just get the ball to jb and he's gonna push it and then we can get action off of that i thought jb did a great job all night uh creating opportunities in transition when seemingly there wasn't anything there
1: yeah it was infectious and you know i think one of the other things that i want to talk about here before we we wrap this up is is the Marcus Smart game. I thought this was a really good Marcus Smart game. I thought, you know, defensively and offensively really to start this game, he really set a tone which which of course, you know, it's going to balance out over the course of a of an entire NBA game, but the way that he came out from the start and the way that he was he was very much in control in this game. There was very few hero Marcus smart, smart moments. If there was any that I don't even know if I'm thinking of. <laughs> well, when, when he
2: initially came back into the game, don't, don't forget this, right? He comes back into the game, immediately turns the ball over and then misses two threes. So, okay. like, so there three, was, okay. That's there, three there, three three was, no, no. where I was like, Oh shit. Like Marcus is right. up again.
1: That's why, as I was saying it, I was, I was stumbling up because I was like, I think I'm saying this, but I feel like there was one. I just wasn't thinking of it. That's exactly what, what I was trying to think of there is, is are those particular moments, but he rebounded to to not continue to go down that path, which I think is huge.
2: Well, here's the thing that the adjustment that the Celtics made and the adjustment that Smart made is that when they were sending two to the ball, when they went inverted pick and roll with Smart screening for Tatum, right? they were trying to get Trey Young onto Tatum And they just sent two to the ball, right? They left Trey just for an extra beat on Tatum, and then he had to scramble back to Smart. And Smart was in that short roll position that Draymond Green has made so famous in Golden State. And Smart hit Horford for that corner three, and then he had another short roll where he hit Horford again, but Horford missed the three. And they did another short roll where Trey was just late getting back to it, and Smart had that layup, right? So the Celtics realized, like probably watching game film, that that was there. They took advantage of it. They abused Trey Young, who turned back into a pumpkin in yep. the second half. You know what? One thing I really like about Trey Young, I, I like what? how his nose. I like how his nose gets so red. You notice that?
1: Uh, <laughs> when he plays his I,
2: nose. His nose is just like Rudolph, man. It's so funny. I just, so he, I don't I notice it. Game
1: I don't notice it with him as much. Nikola Jokic, I always notice that with. I think Nikola Jokic and he, his nose makes him look like he's the most tired man. That's ever walked the face of the earth, but he plays 45 minutes like every single night. It's, I don't know, that's, it's, a, it's remarkable, but no, I have not noticed that uh, with Trey Young. But yeah, I mean, he was, he was so in control of that first half, you know, those mm-hmm. 25 points. You talked about how comfortable he was. And, you know, I mean, this was part of the reason that Joe Missoula played Grant Williams a little bit more, get a little bit more switchy. And Trey really can't just, struggled. And drop.
2: can't just sit and drop yeah.
1: against, against Trey. Can't just throw Al Horford against
2: Trey time after time and just let him cook. So I thought the adjustments the Celtics made on Trey Young, you know, when Trey gets going, it's really hard to, to stop that. You know, he's he's just that mm-hmm. dynamic as a pick and roll player. He had a great uh, first half. In the second half, the Celtics just recommitted to uh, just showing a few more bodies, just having high hands. You know, we had a few blocks on Trey. Well, dude, the defense in the last five minutes was unbelievable. Also,
1: if like you, you, you block bottle up the Celtics, First five minutes of defense tonight, in their last five minutes of <laughs> yeah. defense tonight, those are what you want to see out of the Celtics. It was that middle part where it kind of went up and down a little bit.
2: They've got the switch, right? They've got the switch, just like Jimmy Butler has got the playoff switch.
1: He does, he does. Before we get to Jimmy Butler, let's now that we can put the Atlanta Hawks to bed. We've tucked them in. We've led them, read them a lullaby. They're gone. See you later. Good luck in the off season. We're moving ahead. Philadelphia 76ers, still waiting to see. They've been given a 48 hour grace period here where Joel Embiid has a few extra days to get a little bit healthier since the Celtics weren't able to close out the series earlier. Game one is going to be Monday night of the Eastern Conference semifinal. So the Celtics will have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to recoup. The Celtics, now with Milwaukee, thanks to, as mentioned, Jimmy Butler, eliminating the Milwaukee Bucks, are now the team that controls home court advantage. Ross, the nba so let's this is second round is always coming through boston the entire playoffs will come through boston as long as the celtics are alive so looking ahead to the matchup with the sixers greg we're, we're gonna do a little we're gonna go even more in depth on this on sunday we'll bring in adam here we'll get a three-man weave going we'll set this up but let, let's just start now let's do a little little tease of this right now greg because we've been we've been quite chesty Uh, When it comes to talking about this matchup with the Philadelphia 76ers for the last month or so, as it looked like this was going to be the ultimate pathway for the Celtics, that second round was going to match up with Philly with a banged up Embiid. Despite the podcast I did a couple of days ago, I still feel really confident that this is a matchup for the Celtics, made for the Celtics to be successful, and that especially when you factor in joel mb banged up james harden came into the playoffs a little banged up and doc rivers being the head coach and his reputation this is set up for the celtics to to be able to take care i, I don't know what i don't know i don't know what my call is going to be yet for how many games mm-hmm. but this series is set up for the celtics to advance to the eastern conference Finals.
2: yeah with the hawks you know something that i was texting with uh, with the group and i was like you know they it's funny because we didn't think that they were the t- the kind of team that could give us problems, but then when you saw how how everybody on the court started to attack and started to believe themselves, John Collins started to play well. DeAndre Hunter got it going. Bogdanovich got it going. De- um, you know, it was Trey. It was Dejounte. They were just attacking us from so many different angles. Where it's like, oh, now that like the recipe, it's almost like they watch the games against the Magic. Right. And they were just like, oh, the ma- look what the magic did. I there. think let's, that's let's your favorite that. reference for how to play the Celtics. Looking <laughs> yeah. back at those magic games. Right. So, like, when you look at the Sixers, they don't really have the talent around the roster, around Embiid mm-hmm. to make that happen. Right. Tobias Harris ain't going to do it. Sorry, Tobias. Maxi is hey, the he had a great guy.
1: game four against Brooklyn
2: yeah yeah (laughs) Maxi's the one guy who like kind of fits that mold of a guard that normally gives the celtics issues harden you know people talk about Embiid needing to get better maybe this rest was even more important for james harden because he's looked like a shell of himself um like they play george yang a lot like george yang is not going to take anybody off the dribble pj tucker is not going to take anybody off the dribble there's just a lot of guys that don't they can't dribble pass or shoot right they got a, a bunch of guys that can shoot they got Embiid that can draw double teams so that they can get shots. But there's not a lot of guys that can dribble, pass, and shoot on that team. And with the Hawks, you know, John Collins can dribble, pass, and shoot. Deion Hunter, all the guys that I just named. So, like, it doesn't – I'm not worried about the Sixers. I think the Celtics win in five or six games. The round that I'm worried about is the round after that. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there.
1: Yeah, as we learn, we got to take this maybe a little bit more closely to, to one <laughs> game at a time before we get too far ahead of ourselves. But the other part with, uh, with Philly, right, is – I think, and you talked about this uh, in our as we were texting during the game. Is sometimes like really freak athleticism can give us a little bit of issues, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not really Philly's bag, right? Nah. There's 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 no crazy athletes that you think of. Maxie has the speed of, of of a crazy athlete, but there's not really anyone that's jumping out of the building. There's nobody that's going to have that type uh, of an effect on the game. So this does really feel like a matchup that that lineups well, especially when you factor in that, you know when we think about this going five, six, if it gets to seven games, like that means Embiid's going to have to do a lot. He's capable Mm -hmm. of it when healthy, but it does not sound like he's going to be anywhere near that, even with the 48 hours of rest. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think this becomes, once again, we get back to have the seas learned any lessons as we come into the series, right? Not knowing what lays ahead for anything potential in the, in the rest of these playoffs, but I think it does make it really important to come out in these first two home games and secure home court. Like, like you have mm-hmm. home court now. You've been given this gift. Jimmy Butler has given you this gift. Do not squander it. Like, mm-hmm. do not squander it. Come out, and especially when you know that is going to be out there testing it out, if he plays game one or if he waits till game two, do not fuck around with this gift that you've been given. So I think that's going to be a really important test for the Celtics in these first two home games against the Sixers.
2: Well let's not forget the Celtics swept the Nets last like last year in the playoffs. They can sweep a team. It's possible. We've seen them do it. They need to because this series went a game or two too long, right? It's it's gonna be physical against the Sixers. Bede's going to throw some people around PJ Tucker's gonna make things difficult for oh he's us. gonna
1: tackle some people.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna have some issues um, with the Sixers just in terms of the physicality. So let's just make sure we dispatch of the dispose of them in four or five games. Uh, that's kind of what I'm expecting, to be honest with you. With Embiid not being 100%, I just don't think the Sixers have enough to take down the Celtics. Even with Embiid at 100%, I was going to pick the Celtics in six games. So with Embiid not being 100%, James Harden not really being 100%, I just don't think they have enough, dude. So yeah. um, I, I think the Celtics will not buck around and find out. I think we'll we'll be able to to... To get rid of them pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm leaning Celtics in six, and six. That was my, would have been my pick with Embiid now, and I rather than change it to five after you know I was predicting a sweep against the Hawks. So now I'm now I'm scared off from this confidence. So I'll probably stick with Celtics and six. But we'll get back to that a little bit more. We're going to record a three man weave here over the weekend before that game on Monday. So we'll have some more coverage leading up to that. But before we leave you tonight, we'll take a quick break. And let's take a look around at the rest of the NBA playoffs. All right, Greg, we've we've been waiting to talk about this. Uh, We've alluded to it several times here. The top half of the Eastern Conference playoff bracket is not what a lot of people were expecting, (laughs) uh, to say the least. We have, which is just a 1990s throwback in every sense of the word, Miami Heat, New York Knicks square off on Sunday at Madison Square Garden for the first game of the Eastern Conference semifinals. The Knicks are hosting as a five seed awesome. are hosting the second round of the playoffs. But let's start with the heat here, man, because them taking out the Bucks that had the most direct implications for the Celtics. As we talked about, they are now the team that controls home court, no matter if it's in the Eastern conference or if it's in the NBA finals against a Western conference opponent, the Celtics will hold home court advantage. Jimmy Butler, holy Ooh, baby. shit. That dude, what, just, just tell, tell me what you're, what you're thinking about, Jimmy, what your impressions of Jimmy Butler are after this last week or so.
2: Dude, I think it, like we, as an NBA collective need to start reevaluating the way we talk about Jimmy Butler. Like he's arguably the most successful Eastern conference superstar of the past, of the past five years. You know, he made it to a finals. It was in the bubble. It was in the bubble. Yeah, I get it. He made it to an Eastern conference finals and almost took out the Celtics. He was one shot away.
1: Real quick, after having watched what we just did these last like week or so, how much retroactively are you even more amazed that that shot didn't go in last year? I'm very amazed,
2: dude. Like, he was wide open, he was wide open. And if he had taken it to the rack, if he had taken it to the rack, he's probably gonna get an AM1 on Horford on that play, too. Right? It was, it was after that play that he had off the inbounds, which what the fuck were the Bucks doing on that play?
1: Brook Lopez right before that.
2: Yeah, like I don't know what the heck the Bucs were doing in that in in that moment. And then they didn't call timeout with 0.5 seconds left. Did Bud just not know they had a timeout? Like what? Nobody on the court knew they had a timeout. And then Giannis' comments after the game, everything's just weird in Milwaukee. But Jimmy Butler, that's who we're talking about here, man. He dude, I, I I would say of all the players in the Eastern Conference in the in the playoffs, is there anybody that you would rather have in a fourth quarter of an NBA playoff game? In the Eastern Conference,
1: in the Eastern Conference, no, it's it's Jimmy Butler. Like there's there's nobody that can do like right now. So let's just look at right now the final four teams here: Heat, Knicks, seventy six, or Celtics. It's Jimmy Butler, and it's it's as much as I love Tatum, it's not even close.
2: He's just got that dog in him, man. And it, it, hopefully, this is the year where Tatum or Brown like looks at Jimmy and's like, "All right, enough of this shit, dude. Like you're not going to continue to do us. You were going up against Drew Holiday, great defender, but undersized. It's the same thing. How I always say that, Marcus Smart. Cannot, cannot guard Jimmy Butler. He's just like out mm-hmm. of his weight class. Marcus Smart doesn't guard Jimmy Butler. Drew Holiday probably should not have been guarding Jimmy Butler yeah. as much as he was guarding him, but they didn't have anybody else to put on him unless you want to put Giannis on Giannis. Him, yeah. which you probably should have, but Coach Bud loves Giannis in that rover role. So, you know, whatever. But I think with the Celtics, you're going to see a lot of Tatum on butler you're going to see a lot of brown on butler i don't think that you're going to see much of smart or derek white on them
1: uh well let's not jump ahead too much quite yet to the celtics heat matchup which by the way we we, we spent several weeks talking about trying to avoid (laughs) from the play-in and we may get it in the eastern conference finals do you see the knicks as a challenger for the heat Let's, let's let's start there yeah i do i do um i don't think there's a guarantee as much as jimmy was so special i don't think there's a guarantee they get by the knicks
2: that's that's fair you know you know what's interesting before we started talking about the jays against jimmy butler talk about josh motherfucking Hart going up against jimmy butler because i think that's going to be the matchup to watch in the next series because josh hart gave donovan mitchell problems Mm -hmm. in that series against the Cavs. so is Josh Hart, I mean, I, I would say he's probably like the type of physical defender that might be able to match Jimmy Butler. We'll see. Um, I don't know who else they could really throw at him. Maybe this is a, a moment for RJ to show those defensive I shots. Say, it
1: feels like RJ, I don't know if you can throw Grimes out there against them, but I mean, it's probably an RJ Hart, small dose of Grimes if needed, but that's, that's pro- It's probably an RJ and Hart assignment.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the big thing with the Knicks is just Randall. Is Randall gonna be Randall or is he gonna continue to just not really show up in the playoffs? Uh, Jalen Brunson, hurt
1: again, so we'll yeah, to see what, what ex- that diagnosis is
2: exactly. But uh, Jalen Brunson, man, he's so good, dude. He's so fun to watch. If, if I'm the Heat, I'm worried about who the fuck is covering Jalen Brunson because I tell you what, it ain't gonna be, uh, it, it ain't gonna be Duncan Robinson. Doug, well, Kyle Lowry probably not, but he's he is the type of body that like Jalen Brunson's kind of a bully,
1: right? So he that's, does that's, have that body. Body wise, it's a it's a pretty funny matchup. Just Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson against Kyle Lowry. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, oh, Gabe
2: Vincent, Gabe Vincent is is feisty, so I yeah. could see Gabe Vincent like doing a decent job on him. But I don't know, man. I don't I don't think they have enough um to to slow down Brunson. But I think Jimmy Butler is probably going to be enough to get them over the hump against the Knicks.
1: It's such a tough call, man, because you look at the lineup that Jimmy Butler closed out against the Milwaukee Bucks with. Cody Zeller was on the court. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and I believe was it was Duncan Robinson that was out there. They, they Like half the team fouled out by the end of yeah. the game. Maybe it was Caleb Martin that was out there. Either way, yeah, it was most Martin. majority of those guys were undrafted. Cody Zeller was out of the league until about 20 games left to go in the season. So mm-hmm. those are the guys that we're working with. Remember, Tyler Hero's still gonna be out through this series. So just from a, a body and a talent standpoint, he don't have a, as great as Jimmy was. They just don't have a lot of room for error. Bam, defensively is always great. What you get from him offensively is always kind of a gamble. It'll be interesting to see Bam against Mitchell Robinson because Mitchell Robinson dominated Mobley, uh, Mobley Mobley and uh, <laughs> Mobley and Jared Allen. Mitchell Robinson just punked the two of them in a in a five game series.
2: Mitchell Robinson's fucking huge. Yeah, he's huge. And so... we said
1: that when he was up against Rob a bunch of times in the in the Knicks Celtics game where it was, man, I always thought that they were kind of similar until you see them play against each other. And you're in, like, oh, in no, person. Bob, yeah. And then you see, oh, no, Mitchell is stronger and about two to three inches taller
2: maybe even more than that, man, he towers above most guys on the court. Bam's undersized as a center. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, that matchup plays out. Are they going to be able to take advantage of, um, you know, just any switches or, you know, whatever the Knicks' defensive scheme, which I think will be better uh, than, than what Bud's defensive scheme was. They're not just going to sit and drop the whole time. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited for that series. Definitely going to tune in for every, every one of those matchups. And um whoever comes out of that series is definitely going to be hurting because that's going to be physical as fuck.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a series where I was texting with our, our buddy Liptack today and I was telling him, I, I don't imagine it's going to be a struggle to get to 100. It might just be a race to 100. Oh, yeah, hit hit those unders. Yeah, exactly. Whoever gets to 100 is is going to, to win those games because it's going to be scratching and clawing. But we got ourselves some fun second round matchups here in the East. We got Heat Knicks and then we've got, of course, 76ers Celtics. Really, really fun setup here for what should be a really fun next two weeks of basketball with both of those series. And then, real quick, before we jump off here, let's just look over to the West for a second. Nugget Suns is the one matchup that we know. I don't really love that matchup for the Nuggets, but also at different times, is the Suns in that Clipper series just look like a team that only played eight games together. Mm-hmm. So I would think the continuity of the Nuggets is something that will give them advantage, but there's a lot of star power all over this, man. I mean, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. These are these are championship type of guys right here.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that series a little bit and, you know, the the one matchup I'm interested to see is um Aaron Gordon on Kevin Durant. I just want to see yep. if Gordon can kind of like unlock that defensive potential. I think Bruce Brown and Caldwell-Pope are actually the types of defenders that could give Devin Booker not problems, but could just make him work a little bit more. Devin Booker is that dude but on the other end, it's like, what the fuck? Other Nuggets gonna do? Um, you know, you know, exploiting Chris Paul. How are they gonna mm-hmm. exploit Chris Paul? Is Jokic just gonna dominate Aiton, or is Aton gonna? He's had some moments in the past where it's been like, oh, DeAndre Ayton kind of guards Jokic well a little bit. Yeah. Like it's kind of weird. Um, his, his length, like Jokic, can't really bully him for some reason. So th- that'll be an interesting matchup, and then you know, are the are the Suns going to be able to take advantage of Jokic on the other end? Because if Jokic is going to come up to the level of the balls he likes to do versus sitting and drop, um, which is probably the smart thing to do rather than sitting and drop against the the mid range shooters of the Suns, he could get in foul trouble pretty easily. If Devin Booker just attacks his hip, if Kevin Durant is able to draw him away from the basket, maybe they play. Uh, Maybe they play four on three, you know, and um that there's just a bunch of different interesting matchups within those defensive liabilities within that series. And I'm I'm really, really interested to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah. And then on the other lower part of the bracket, you know, just talking about star power, they were one game away from getting Steph Curry versus LeBron James. Cool. I mean, that's I meant for it. A, Let's, see a, it Let's see it one more time. Let's see it one more time. I agree. As much as I've enjoyed this Warriors King series. I think it's just war. It's, it's time to just see warriors Lakers. Let's, let's see what this looks like. And I mean, then you're looking at, like I said, you're looking at Jokic, you're looking at Booker, you're looking at Durant, you're looking at Curry, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, all on one side of the bracket. That's, that's a loaded side of the bracket right there. Uh, Last thing before we hop off here, Greg. So game six for both Kings, Warriors and Grizzlies Lakers will be on Friday night We'll be recording sometime on Sunday, so if there is a game seven, it'll probably be happening either during or after we record. So by the time we record on Sunday, do you think that the Warriors and/or Lakers close it out? I think they both close it out.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the Lake. I mean, they're both at home. Um, the Warrior, the, the Kings had their chance, man. They had their chance. They blew it. Harrison Barnes missed that three. Then De'Aaron Fox breaks his finger. Once that news came out, you just knew that they this the, this is what the Warriors do, man. We had a chance in the finals last year. When 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 they're down, you have to step on their fucking throat, smash their skull. You have to like burn the the carcass. You have to do everything that you can. Punch do them in the balls <laughs> to make sure that they are not going to get back up. And the Warriors with Steph Curry, with Draymond Green, with Clay Thompson, they get back up.
1: Yeah, they get back up. I'm with you. I think likely it'll be Warriors Lakers. So maybe by the time we record on Sunday with the three man weave, we will have the full. Elite eight breakdown of the NBA playoffs. Uh as we sign off here, Greg, do you have any thoughts on the Ime to the to the Rockets? We me and Adam were supposed to cover that for a little bit, but everything just just went off the rails with that game five, and we needed to do what we did. Uh, but any thoughts on the Ime Odoka going to the Rockets? Uh confirmed, James Harden. Going <laughs> to the
2: Rockets. They'll be tag team in the clubs.
1: That seems like it could be in play. I thought it was a little bit of a I think it makes a lot of sense for what the Rockets need as far as what Ime in a basketball sense is is going to bring with, you know, accountability and defense and, and that type of stuff. I thought it was an interesting choice for Udoka that he would jump for a Rockets team when it looked like, you know, he he talked about the Pistons and Raptors kind of talking to him, but I mean, not waiting to see what happens in the playoffs. Like that Milwaukee job could be open. Like, wouldn't you, Mm -hmm. if you're Udoka maybe try to go to Milwaukee instead, but, I don't maybe
2: know. maybe he needs a year where he's kind of like on a team Low-key. that it does yeah doesn't have any expectations not really in the spotlight mm-hmm. so another year goes by he's not a lot of like, like,
1: national TV games where people yeah. are making memes of him about him being horny or doing other stuff yeah like, exactly
2: you know? exactly so yeah. like he needs he needs a year to kind of rebuild his reputation around the league um, a couple of years from now the media will forget like this next year him coaching that's when people are going to be talking about all the shit year mm-hmm. two people are going to forget about it.
1: Yep, that's a good point. I, I do think that's actually probably an underrated point. So, Yemi off to the Rockets, no longer a problem of the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics' only problem is old friend Doc Rivers and the Philadelphia 76ers. Monday night on TNT, 76ers, Celtics, Game 1, TD Garden. We'll have a lot more in-depth preview for y'all coming up to get you ready for that game, we will unite our powers of the three-man weave. We'll be recording that on Sunday, dropping that Sunday night, Monday morning for your listening pleasure. Greg, it has been a journey through this first round. We're off to the second round. I'm excited to see what comes next. For this edition, Any other, anything else you got to say here? And then, as always, let us know what we're going to hear on the way out.
2: Y'all know the drill, Black Sheep Optimus, Skywalking. Peace, everybody.
1: Deuces.
2: I wish that I'd never seen the stars in your eyes A glimpse of what I'm missing thinking it's a mirage Ooh, you got me tripping and it's hard to describe But i it stick for a minute cause I'm digging the vibe I like the way you're looking at the look in my eyes Don't be casual feelings when it's only a vibe Don't know what the deal is, I'm a typical guy You know the one thing different is the state of your mind I'm like, oh my my, my someone throw me a rope I'm getting too damn high, didn't know I could float You could call it a vibe, it's probably all that you wrote But I'd be doing this shit finally if I didn't have hope Cause you know that that embody that should go with the flow I could sing a different song if I cannot hit the notes You had me taken off when you took
1: off your clothes It should be coming down by now, but I won't